I see you're drinking 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Because you're not. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. Well, I have all your equipment in my locker. Should probably come get it because I can't fit my nunchucks in there anymore. Where's your locker? Episode 166 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to head over to Facebook and like us at the Cult of Matt and Mark. Or head over to our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Any show news this week, Mr. Hudson? Any show news? Well, have you been uh, enjoying going back to work? Um, I should say no comment. Wouldn't say I enjoyed it much. Uh, Would you, would you say you enjoyed the, uh, uh, nicer, the milder weather? Yeah, that's helping out here. Especially, uh, especially, uh, here at home without the AC. Would you say you enjoyed the massive leak of personal data from the Office of Professional Management? No, I'd say no. I don't Uh, think I enjoyed it much either. Oh, that! Oh, that was a, there was a hilarious skit this last season on um, SNL about Messy Boy. <laughs> What's it? If you don't, you can look it up like Messy Boy online. But uh, it's a really funny skit where a, a middle aged guy just sort of stumbles along the uh, his he changes profession becomes what he does is very rich Asian businessman pay him lots of money to eat things messily. He becomes oh, a messy boy. I guess it's like some sort of weird fetish. That seems it's, it's, mildly racist. It's, uh, I guess it is, but it's a really funny skit. It's uh, done in the uh, guise of a uh, bring your dad to school days, and they talk about what they do for work. The guy who does it, it was the guest host. Uh, I forget his name, but his guy does the uh, was it the farmers commercials. He was on. Okay. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you know, like a sort yeah, of balding. He's a character act. Yeah, yeah. He was like the dad in Juno. Yeah, yeah. He's a great know. actor, and he won. He won an Oscar. For yeah, that, uh, where he plays some sort of asshole musician teacher, but like he, he was that was an awesome. I mean, he's a great, you know. The, you know the thing about, you know, SNL is filled with a bunch of young people. It's sort of hit or miss whether they're actually funny or not. And sometimes they mm-hmm. grow into it. And usually, there's a couple people on the cast that are really good. But it's amazing when they bring in a really great actor, and you know, they're just. You know that they just have a huge breadth of ability because they come in there, they do serious roles and they do they do comedic roles, but they come into SNL and they just kill, right? Oh yeah, they're yeah, better yeah. than almost the whole cast. And these are people right. that don't do comedy necessarily full time. You just God, right. you go, God, that person can really act. It's such a such an amazing skill, and you can see it with his performance on several bits. Yeah. that that episode. Yeah, Kevin Spacey in Saturday Night Live is a gem. Too, you mm-hmm. know those those kind of caliber. Oh, actors. you know who's really good on SNL? Uh, the guy's playing the new Batman. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's married to J Lo for a while. Uh, ben Affleck. Yeah, Ben Affleck. He's really he's he's been really good on SNL. He's a really great comedic actor. I don't know why that guy gets so much flack. I, 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 I you know, I just saw him. I just saw the trailer for uh, Batman v Superman today. They just released oh, one. Yeah. It's really a good trailer. Did you oh, see it? Okay. It, look, no, it looks really I, I, good, and Ben Affleck looks really awesome as sort of a slightly older uh, uh, Batman. It's really, it, I, it looks really very nice. 
I, I, I don't know why people... I mean, he's starred in some turds, and oh, yeah. he's definitely uh, starred in some films that his act, acting would be questionable. But for the most part, I, I, I don't... He's one of those guys that, that kind of does his job in Hollywood, and I, I don't really have a bone to pick with him. Kind of like Tom Cruise, even though Tom Cruise is a... You know, he has mm-hmm. a, obviously a, a, like a... a crazy cult-like personal life mm. his film his films are solid so yeah i, 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 I would I put, I would put ben and tom on about the same level they're, they're very good actors maybe they're not the greatest but they're yeah. very good and on top of that ben's a very good director he's pretty oh, yeah. t- he's a pretty no, talented yeah, he, guy that, uh, argo was a good film i liked him in the town i thought he was he, he, he did a good job in that film you know uh same with tom cruise you know uh tom cruise has some Kind of these, I would say, almost uh, sleeper roles. Well, how about that one films? where he played the hitman? Uh, oh, that was with great. Jamie Foxx. Uh, fuck, man. That, that was, was that a really awesome. Uh, for, like the the, the, the the fair or the passenger or something. What was no, it? it was like the started with a C. Like con, I want to say consternation. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but that was that was uh, a really you know deft, subtle performance. He's also done some comedic bits here and there. Cruise. Yeah, he was actually. Uh, you know, I watched Jack Reacher. Oh, and I, I didn't that, see that. That was decent. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I thought it was a good movie. So Yeah, for all your problems you know, you know people might have, both those guys are really good actors. Yeah, yeah. So, so back the fuck off. I guess that sums up the week. That was a pretty... Oh, there was also a uh, trailer for the new uh, Star Wars, which I thought looked pretty good. Well, it wasn't a trailer. It was like a behind-the-scenes uh, okay. thing. Uh, this is all part of stuff that gets released for the Comic-Con that's happening right now. So if you want to yeah, take a yeah. look on YouTube, both look... Pretty fun. I think. I think it's going to be a fun year with those movies coming out. I hope so because I, uh, I I've given up. I've uh, I've given up hope. There is no a new hope for Matt in the Star Wars franchise. Oh, I mean, uh, look. I mean, it's not going to be a great piece of filmmaking necessarily, but um, I think it'll be. Fun, to be I, like I think it'll be a fun watch, and it could coherent. be. It could be. It could be as good as very good. I doubt it will be bad. I mean, and this is coming from somebody who doesn't really like the the Star Trek reboot. Yeah. Cause just because it I, moved well, away from hard sci-fi. But Star Wars has never been hard sci-fi. So I, I won't have that complaint with it. It's always been action. So uh, No, it's it's, it's I think it's a, I think it's a better fit, Abrams, with Star Wars and with, with uh Star Trek personally. Uh yeah, I just I, I worry about the level of CGI. No, no they were they've been movie. talking about they're doing a lot. I mean when I say a lot they're doing a lot of full sets and practicals. You should watch this video. They get behind okay. the scenes. Right. A lot, a lot of animatronics. Yeah, because uh, uh, and they're shooting Lucas, it on. They're shooting it on film. On actual film. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, the so the thing is, that, the thing is, Abrams trying to be retro. So you did, look, they have it basically an infinite budget. So he's going. I'm just. I'm going to make it exactly how I want. And that means it's practicals and film. Okay. All right, I, I commend him for it. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it would be exceptionally hard to not film I, digital. But. I don't think it matters. I mean, he's skilled enough, and he can bring whoever he needs in. So good. I, 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 I'd like to take Peter Jackson and George Lucas and uh, um, put them in a prison of green screen it's, for the rest of their lives. It's too bad they both did such great work early on. Uh, the green screen. Oh fuck! I just so like lazy <laughs> bullshit. I can just see those fuckers sitting on a director's chair in a green room, just going, "Yeah, over there, 
All right. Okay, now the orc comes in. I mean, All there right. was a lot of good technologies that got developed. But, uh, you know, people went, uh, people went a little overboard with it. But I think people, it's starting to mature, and people are using them when appropriate, more so. A green screen prison for those two. That's my... Uh, that's my my sentence if I was God for a day. I wonder if they use green screen at all in Napoleon Dynamite. Do you think there was any green screen in this movie? I don't think so. No. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so uh, this week, it, uh, this is part of our Summer of Funny continuation uh, here uh, in this... Um, <laughs> Jesus, God Almighty! You're getting right into it there. Whoa! No, this is well. This is happened. this is your choice, and you sort of uh, yes. You sort of uh, becoming syncoponic with my summer of funny, doing some not necessarily completely broad comedies like I'm. Sticking I'm to. buying in. Mm-hmm. I'm buying in to Mark's summer of funny theme. Uh, I'm usually kind of uh, hesitant, but I I, I I I wanted to like kind of just let you do it, but then I was thinking, you know, I might as well just kind of clear out the comedies. Well, I, th- I think we're getting, I think we're coming to terms with talking about comedies. Comedies are fucking hard to review. Yeah. I think we've already established that. So this is kind of like a, a you know, kind we're of working like that a, muscle. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're flexing it. Mm-hmm. We're getting it, getting it pumped. Oh God, so, I got uh, got a nasty, uh, oof, nasty. Uh, what do you call those things? Uh, let me get a Charlie horse. Muscle Charlie horse. <laughs> Got a comedy Charlie horse yeah. going on. Uh, okay, so plot rundown, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, John Heater stars in the titular role, a carrot-topped oddball with a decidedly eccentric family that includes his llama-loving dune buggy enthusiast grandmother. The story centers on the local high school's race for class president. Using some non-traditional means, Napoleon is determined to help his pal Pedro run a winning campaign and defeat popular girl Summer. Also starring uh, the Drew Carey shows Diedrich Bader, Napoleon Dynamite, premiered at the 2004 Sundance Film Festival. So um, that's about it. Uh, I I found myself again just laughing my ass off for the 50th viewing of this fucking movie. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those rare films that I still do that with. I, I think all the other comedies we've watched so far, I kind of sit there stone-faced and... You know, I was like, "Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's a good bit." Mm-hmm. But I here, I I still howled, and I I I I'm hopefully maybe through this podcast, we'll try to understand why I, it still hits me right. You know, something that hit me about this movie that I guess for some reason it didn't hit me before, but this is like it, this movie seems like it was made by Wes Anderson's cousin Rick Anderson, yeah, right? right? This is like a low budget <laughs> Wes Anderson movie. Well, like if Wes Anderson and uh, Mike Judge had a child together that became a film director and, uh, and happened to be Mormon, it would be uh, Napoleon Dynamite's director, Jared Hess. I mean, there's just parts in this movie that it's so Wes Anderson, the soundtrack and just oh, know, the, the credits. And there's, there's a couple bits in the movie. It is just so it is. It just this this director was pretty young. I forgot his name. Um, Jared Hess. He must have, I mean, he must have, you know, in high school been like a, just a devotee of Anderson. I can't imagine he wouldn't be. Uh, I, well, you mentioned the music, which I loved. And uh, the uh, it was like a Hammond organ, like just a really funky bossa nova beat Hammond organ. Oh, you mean just the, the, the soundtrack stuff, not necessarily the songs they brought in. Oh, there's the songs, which were sort of uh, those kind of early 90s, you know, uh, like was it 
what the fuck is the band that did Forever Young? Which oh, uh, yeah, that was Alphaville. Yeah, Alphaville, which mm-hmm. uh, I believe was the the homecoming theme of every high school in '91. In '92, it was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers' uh, "Down by the River." Whatever, what was that called? Really? Yeah. Uh, the, the one about uh, drug abuse. Mm-hmm. They found that one. About, relevant yeah, walking around things. the streets of Los Angeles. Yeah. That really? was the big trying one. To, trying to score junk under a bridge? <laughs> okay. Whatever, high schoolers. Uh, no, uh, it, yeah, Alphaville's Forever Young. It was the uh, homecoming theme of Snohomish High School circa mm. 1990. I, I remember that for for whatever reason. Good song. Sitting, like, sitting up in the highest end of the bleachers trying to get the fuck out of school and hoping the whole homecoming ceremony would end. You know, and I was like, oh, what's this song? So it, it struck a chord there for me, basically, because it's like the same time period I was in high school, which I found kind of funny. No, but, in, but this uh, movie wasn't set in the early 90s. This movie is set in 2004. No, it it's not set in 2004. Yeah, it is. How come it has an early 90s feel? Uh, it has an early 90s feel, but in the opening uh, credits where you see uh, an ID card, of uh napoleon's yeah. it says right. valid like 2003 2004 really yeah oh you burst my bubble yeah I'm sorry. here i thought it was like needless needlessly nostalgic this yeah film. no no yeah i was i was really interested in the you know the setting because you were talking about it and it does seem like it's the 90s but um either that or it's not supposed to be any time in particular i'm sure i'm sure it, it seems with the 90s probably because of the director so if you want to believe it takes place in 95 i think that's fine but, i think um, it just well I, I, there's the uh, uh the bit with kip online talking to lafonda yeah, Which, that does have the '90s feel to it, but he does mention that oh, they still play like by the minute, so like he still has America Online, yeah. which would have been in two. Let's say it's 2003. A lot of people still had America Online. Yeah, in I think I, I I sadly used America Online pre DSL. Yeah, and uh, I mean a lot of people had DSL in 2003, but a lot of people still didn't. I mean, I think in 2003, I still had dial. Maybe yeah. Yeah, I had dial up. Yeah, I, think I had I dial up. I I, I kind of went through all the dial up bullshit. It was pretty pretty horrible. Well, it uh, just wasn't as widely. I mean, broadband wasn't as widely available. I was like living in an apartment. I mean, it would have been tough to get broadband. I'm sure all apartments buildings have wireless now, but uh, not in 2003. Yeah. No, no, strange. Plus, you just went to strange the library, or you, or you went, you did, you got access at work or something. I could never beat off of the library. I don't know about you, but uh, it's my it's my constitutional right <laughs> i think you'd find a, a bunch of bookish uh feminist librarians who would defend you for some reason you've uh, talked about this before which is why i brought it up yeah have we have we gone into yeah. the uh yeah, yeah. anyway I, it's it's a, it's a strange and I, I talked about the right of homeless guys to to enjoy a good masturbatory session and where else are they yeah. supposed to do it now, what podcast was that so we can get our uh, listeners to go back and reference? I have no, actually, it wasn't that long ago. So probably, you uh, know, m- m- early 100s. You really should kick out the Masturbation Master Hits uh, collection. from. <laughs> you know, this is the time I wish we had a super fan that cataloged everything we talked oh, about. Man. Because damn. I yeah. went back to catalog some best of. It's a slog, man. <laughs> I got like through episode 20 and I had some notes. And I was like, fuck this. Let's yeah, just keep I don't blame you. Well, Jesus, man. I mean, there's probably like 
two or three minutes worth of uh, reproducible material. Well, the idea was to go through, you know, make like a best of every 50 episodes or something. But uh, I sort of that uh, that was just too much of a time sink for me. I guess if I did it the week of. But right now, I mean, I sort of half listen to the podcast anyways. I don't know if you even listen to them. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them just to make sure that. You know, I, I I didn't completely embarrass myself that week. Yeah, because I never so. hear you make comments on like the post music selections or anything. Various. Oh no, I love that. Well, I just uh, you know, I just I, there's a constant homage to you and your <laughs> you know your your editing ability. So I don't, <laughs> I don't interfere with greatness. Uh, uh, so so what are we? We talked about Wes. We're talking about I guess the, the era, soundtrack. Which, the best song in the soundtrack was the A Team theme. I think we can agree. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they had the eighteen montage in there for you. Uh huh. That was the only and, montage in the film. It was the <laughs> uh, vote for Pedro campaign, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was trying to I, I I was trying to sum up Napoleon. Uh, why I I I think this movie kind of hits the nail on the head where where most other high school nerd films fail, which I don't think is a huge wide genre of film, but. I think what it gets right is the chi- the truly childish nature of the high school nerd, and also the high school nerd isn't isn't the smart guy. Uh, it's 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 this weird sort of assumption that uh, society has made about nerdy people. No, I think it's all... a, I think it's a story that socially inept people tell themselves that they're just brilliant. Uh, you but know, they're just misunderstood brill- brilliant people. And there certainly are people like that for but like with me and the vast majority of people who are sort of uh you know not properly socialized in high school uh they're just dorks. Yeah, and Napoleon's one of those dorks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's in in spades. Um there's a but there's a, a charm about Napoleon that uh you can kind of tell at least through some of the the, the other characters is appreciated at a certain point, like the uh, jocks in the locker room asking him to retell the story about uh, his Alaska vacation hunting wolverines, just so they can get a kick out of it. Yeah, and and you could, I mean, I I think I would be a fan of of Napoleon's uh, bullshit. I think I would uh, I, I would encourage it, not to make fun of him, just because it's it's. It's just so fucking funny, you know. Listen to him to listen to his tall tales. I don't know. Would that uh, be mean? Uh, Would that be mean to be I, that that guy? Uh, I mean, I thought they were just just sort of making fun of him. Like, can you believe? Well, they were, joke? but it, it they, they they were. I don't know. I, I don't know. Bullying such a big deal these days. That's kind of why I thought this film was sort of interesting because it makes light of a lot of that, and it makes light of. Uh, Napoleon's predic- oh, I predicament. F- I forgot. There's no bullying in high school any longer. Boy, it must be like it must be just like a pure dream. What is it? Just what do you do in high school? You just learn about cutting edge science and uh, no man. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Bullying's like terrorism, man. They'll figure out how to smuggle the fucking box. There's right some there. jock hiding in a cave in Afghanistan waiting to bully your that's child. Right. How could there not be? I mean, that's <laughs> that's like a that's a natural crucible. Of, of of adolescence is the bullying and in in this film it's it's napoleon's bullied but it's never like dealt with in a serious 
manner or it's never well it's dealt with in the fact that he has no agency to do anything about it can you imagine if you were walking down the high work like a hallway at work and somebody just shoved you against the wall what would be the blowback from that oh fuck man uh get your shit and get out the front door right now Uh, it would be an Uh, absolute shit storm right uh oh yeah no the cops would show up uh, HR would figure out everything they could do not to give you a severance. I mean, it would be the whole fucking, you know, it would be, <laughs> it would be, uh, uh, making the news. I know. I, it's, it's just, it's just, it's fascinating. Uh, that I, I don't, I guess, why is high school just such a, it's like the wild west. It must still be uh, like that. Maybe it's I not. Think, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but you know, I got into fights. I, I got, um, I remember, like, uh, in junior high was the worst. Yeah, high junior, high, out, junior high was the worst. But, yeah. but junior high was terrible. And I I was a nerdy dork, and um, I carried too many books around out of my locker. And well, That's because uh, you were deeply more intelligent than everybody else. No, no, no. No, it's in the average class. I was always in the average class. I wasn't, I wasn't anybody special. And uh, people would slam my books down. That was a common one. Uh, I would walk through with my three ring binder and like two books and then somebody come up behind behind you and they would flip your your shit onto the the fucking hallway. And uh, if you're lucky, your three ring binder wouldn't explode. uh, And I remember junior high was like being in like a cattle run in between classes. It was so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's usually where that shit happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who the fuck did that? And then, you know, obviously it'd fade into the crowd, and you'd hear some snickering and as you're picking your shit up. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, no, I remember, I remember like, just, just shitty kids in junior high. And uh, actually, one of the worst bullies I had in junior high became my friend in high school. <laughs> really? It wasn't Big so, Mike, was it? Yeah, Big Mike. Yeah, yeah. Big Mike. Yeah, yeah, we had a music cool class dude. together, and... And he used to just punch me all the time. Like just, you know, I, maybe it's just a different time, man. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't like, you know, go for the throat. We didn't have any like serious issues. He would just like, you know, knock my shit around and he'd punch me on the shoulder when I wasn't looking, and you know, just kind of the like the shit Napoleon was dealing with. Nothing like seriously directed or or totally malign, but just like, oh, here's an easy target, you know, kind of shit. So, uh, like, the, the guy that threw Napoleon up against the locker and then just kept going. Yeah, it always amazed yeah. me the lack of consequences for violence in those days. Like, remember one time some fucking jock asshole ran into me, uh, ran into, just rear-ended my car in the parking lot. And yelled, champ. And, uh, and yelled at me with his loudspeaker. He had, like, a truck with one of those speakers. <laughs> and I went to the vice principal, and they said, ah, oh, yeah, give him a break. You know, it was some guy on the football team. And they didn't do anything about it. Of course they wouldn't. Or like yeah. in junior high when I was, some guy was giving me a hard time in a class, like before school started. And but I ended up launching like a half dozen chairs across the classroom at him because I nice. got so pissed. No blowback. Not one thing. No, they, now what would they do to you? I mean, I think there'd be like, the, I mean, I think they'd expel you. They'd send oh, you to oh, counseling. I know. I know. Oh, they'd arrest you, you know, uh, assault with a deadly weapon or something. Oh, it'd be some serious ass shit would be going down. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, am I wrong? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it does seem, I mean, I remember when I was growing up, people were going, oh, kids are just so, they're so lazy these days, you know, they have it so easy. And I guess we're saying the same thing. So is it real are. or is it just no? I, I think the only thing I can think of 
is that the bullying has is like b- bubbles in a wallpaper smush, smush out in some other aspect, and I can only think that it comes out online. That's uh, the only place so. that I can kind of figure out mm. where the menace occurs. The menace there has to be, occur. Yeah, the menace must occur. I mean, it's it, that's the whole point of fucking adolescence is to just to it's just you know this this caveman. <laughs> fucking evolutionary social uh-huh. you know dynamic that just crushes the weak and uh as i say builds character you know well, I, I mean I, you can imagine it would never stop in the old days it just stayed oh, like no. that your whole life no but you you would the thing about it is like you know in before the 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 internet era you would go home and then you wouldn't have to think about it till the next day there's no menace at home you know, nothing, nothing like online bullshit. You know, you don't have to worry about that kind of thing going on. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the maybe that's the the trauma now. Uh, but I think like the kind of the wanton violence is is probably not there, like you see in Napoleon. Uh, maybe. It'd, be, it'd be interesting. It'd be neat to talk to like a high school or a junior high teacher. But they sort of they're sort of oblivious. Hell, some of the violence was perpetrated by the teachers when I was in junior high. Oh yeah, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Did did you have Mister Mater? I had Mater, and I got my, I got spanked with his yardstick. Oh yeah, he was a big yardstick. God, spanker. that guy was such a fucking cunt. <laughs> oh, he used God. to take all the guys that were failing his class, and then he would roll for grades. That was his kind of yeah. thing. No, he, that he would... I have that uh, verified from a separate source than from you. Oh, yeah. and there you go. Yeah, yeah. If you're that, failing, that story Mater's was class. verified by somebody who TA'd for him. And it was a uh, it was a drafting class, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. back in the old days, kids before CAD, you would actually have to use like an assortment of pencils and French curves and all this kind Look, of shit. Man, when I took when I took drafting in college, we still we did we did we didn't do it all auto we didn't do it all AutoCAD, we did it half and half. Really, half pencil, half oh, computer. God damn! It's amazing anything got built back in those days. <laughs> I mean, it was okay. actually that drawing was actually pretty fun doing that yeah, precise drawing I, with like those super hard pencils. I, I enjoyed like perspective drawing, mm-hmm. you know, where you do like the vanishing points and all that stuff. I did mm-hmm. in Mater's class, uh, but yeah, he was a shithead, and uh, he, um, yeah, we take all the people who were failing, and he was like, "Okay, Gardowski, time to roll for your grade," <laughs> you know, and he'd be like, "You gotta be." <laughs> Fucking Gardowski wouldn't do shit for like you know weeks on end. He mm-hmm. would sit back and like blow spit wads at, at people <laughs> and stuff, and you know fucking never turn into oh, drawing or anything. But he would get a B. And, Could uh, you imagine yeah. going back with your current outlook on life and having to go through that bullshit? I, I don't know. I don't think you could take it. Yeah, I I, I always think of the uh, you know the Twilight scenario about that vampire asshole who's like 100 years old having to stick it out in high school you know, year <sighs> after year. High school wasn't as bad. Junior high was really the dark. Junior high dark, sucks, man. Yeah, junior high was just, it was, uh, that was, that was just a madhouse. Uh, people, settled, a, people settled down in high school quite a bit, really. I was such a pimply asshole <laughs> in, in junior high. And I think uh, kids' mouths were fouler in junior high than they were in high school. I, I just remember that sort of the bullying the thing about high school is is that the jocks don't really see the nerds. No, uh, they, they they you're indifferent, which is kind of the 
the kind of the rub. Well, I think know, I think Adam Carolla, he was a jock, and he summed it up pretty well. He said we didn't we didn't ever give the nerds a hard time. We gave each other a hard time. Right, right, right. Because you don't see them. Yeah, you know, you just you just they're they're they're, they're wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And and occasionally they they may do something a little outlandish that's you know worth a worth, worth a, a chuckle. Yuck. I mean, the, yeah, the, the, like, the, uh, just some of the looks on the face of the jock in Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know what his name was. Oh, I love that but scoffing he's got, jock. He's got some great shots where he's just like, I cannot believe this guy. He's such a dork. Oh, the scoffing jock. Who was that guy? I loved him because he, he he's so prototypical. You know, they got that guy right. It's 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 that's what I loved about this movie. It got it got kind of the dynamic right, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, I, and actually, I watched this movie once with a guy who was a jock in high school, very a popular you know kid, and he right. said he he thought he thought the movie was a really neat insight to the world of the dorks because he didn't have any experience with it. He identified with the guy that was the blonde haired guy with the short hair the that sc- chuckled. <laughs> that was him, right. in high school. Yeah, and he's like, right. God, boy, what a. Those people just—he was like more just like befuddled by those people in high school. He didn't understand them, and he thought the movie was sort of an interesting look at them. Uh, it is, and because and, it gets, yeah, like I said, it it gets the uh, it sketches it out correctly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Napoleon's such a great character because he's uh, he's obviously socially retarded. Yeah, absolutely, um, deeply. Deeply socially retarded, and uh, yet oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna phrase it right, but uh, yet has sort of a uh, a humanity to him that that is enigmatic, like like the, the individual you're mentioning, uh, and even to me, I would say it's a little bit enigmatic. Um, his interests, I, I think, are what sort of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, his interest in things like ligers. Yeah, which is an animal, by the way. I, 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 the liger is actually you can create a liger, which is oh, a cross you can, oh, you can cross tiger tigers. Are, are yeah. they sterile? Uh, I believe so. And are, it's do only they do like they a have gender? Are they do they have good magic ability? No, mm. not sadly, not bred for their skills in magic. I think they're bred for their well. Hold it. How about how about like the second edition D and D rules? What are their skills? Oh, I don't think it's a liger. You know, I'm thinking now. Uh, did Siegfried and Roy have a liger? Because that no, they had the white been... tigers. Oh, see, they should have went with ligers because they are. Then they would indeed be bred for their skills in magic. And <laughs> fucking one of them would still have a head right now. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Was. Oh god, I totally forgot about that. Bill bred for their skills in magic at the Mirage Casino mm-hmm. Hotel. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, Nerds like to sketch. I sketched. I, you know, drew, drew pictures. That's that's kind of a, a strange. Uh, I don't know if you ever did that, but I used to. Draw I mean, a I sketched a little bit. I one of my my best sketches from junior high was a really nice portrait I did of uh, of Justice Bork or Judge Bork. You still have it? Ah, uh, no. I think I threw it away a long time ago. Was he all smoking a big J? Did you have that? Was it was that him? Was no, that no. Bork was the guy. The Bork was the guy that Reagan nominated for the Supreme Court, and the and he got the he got roasted by Congress and never. Uh, wasn't never he? A, wasn't he a big uh, a big doper? Wasn't that? I'm, didn't that come out? I don't think so. Oh, all right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he got borked. That's yeah, that's like, where that the became a term. Came, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love Napoleon's drawing of the uh, unicorns farting. 
That was, <laughs> that awesome. was funny. He's drawing a little fart gas coming out right at the beginning. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, the close of Napoleon, I just so... Uh, Thrift store like, special, huh? Well, it, you you got the impression those were close. The thing is, is that he had a definition of 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 coolness that defied the status quo. You know, he he thought certain things were cool that obviously nobody else thought were were cool, which is sort of a nerdy thing, right? Like you're into it only because you're into it, not yeah. because anybody else. You know, like you're not. There's no pressure, peer pressure to to conform. You just fucking do your shit. You well, know, I mean, he, I don't think he really had much choice in the matter. He um, he didn't understand what would have been cool, so he was just doing his own thing, which is respectable. I think that's kind of a charm of of Napoleon is just you know a, a character like that. Just you know, hey, he wants to learn fucking Dequan's you know uh, urban dance routines, mm-hmm. so he just like, yeah, man. Why not? Like, and then it somehow syncs up with uh, an opportunity that <laughs> probably delivers the the greatest dance scene in any film. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You like you like the final dance scene. I've never I love the final I've never dance been a fan scene. of it. I got a little list of what I got two. Well, thi- I got okay. two parts about the movie right. that I, I listed as poor on my notes. Oh, and one is the final dance scene. Isn't that interesting? Really, a lot Why of people like, like that final dance scene. I, you know, I think the movie got just a little too saccharine at the end. And oh well, I, I didn't like some... the, I didn't like the final taste, and I didn't I didn't think the um, I didn't think the final dance scene. It didn't really strike me as that special. Okay. It was almost too fanciful, right. almost too sweet. You know what I mean? Uh the well, then it led to the the denouement that I thought was uh, unnecessary, especially the Uncle Rico redemption scene. If anybody was deserving of no redemption, it would be Uncle Rico. You know, but <laughs> I did like Uncle Rico, though. You know, I think the thing is, he's supposed to be about our age, so I sort of identify right. with him a little bit now. Even though I was not a jock in high school, but uh, you know, you sort of, uh, uh, you know, there's a there's a bit of sadness of lost youth that comes with yeah. being older, and it's sort of yeah. you know a feeling you, you it's sort of a. Ennui that sort of washes over me more now. It's than like it when used to. when nostalgia really burns, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think uh, yeah, nostalgia sticks around for uh, I want to say like a good ten years after sort of a, and then you just wash it away. I can't get nostalgic for much these days, especially like my youth. So, so you um, don't have those feelings, not anymore. Hmm. Maybe I did. Interesting. You know, sort of unredeemed. You know, uh, look, if the coach just would have put me in, we we could have won state. You know, I knew it. So I want to talk a little bit about the bits and I want to talk. I don't know. Like this movie is kind of absurdist. It has a lot of absurdist kind of little bits in it. Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Uh, And and I, I like just the 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 pure awkwardness and humiliation of the scenes and, and humi- like if there's a, a character that is, is more humiliated in the film, I, I can't think of it compared to Napoleon dynamite. He is completely humiliated. <laughs> like I, he, he breaks the bank where, where Ben Stiller could only want, you know, only <laughs> sort of approach the level of humiliation that Napoleon gets in this film. Oh, so you know, mean, whether it's, what are you thinking about what, then? Well, like there's the scene where, uh, uh, Uncle Rico and him are in the grocery store, mm-hmm. 
and you know, oh, pick yourself up some pampers while you're at it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and tells him to take the uh, fun pack of chips. We can't back afford that fun pack. Those, those, the... those fun packs are a terrible value, though. Oh yeah, well you're paying. You're, you're just paying for packaging. You're just paying for air. I, I remember that. I don't so know if you were like at the supermarket those... and your wife put the fun pack in the, uh, in the, uh, would you go? God, would you you'd buy it? But would you a little part of you inside go? God damn it, that is such a poor value. Oh, it's a completely. Well, I guess you're paying for variety. You know? No, I think I, you're paying for convenience because you can throw one in your in your purse or your bag and take it to work. I used you. to get them in my lunches, and I remember there was a Dorito bag. I opened it up when I counted the, 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 the chips. There was three Doritos in the motherfucker. <laughs> three fucking Doritos. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah. And then uh, he's putting the toilet paper and like in front of Summer there, Uncle Rico. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to use this later. <laughs> I was like, oh, I really need this. Like Napoleon standing there. So it's just like that beautiful like touch of humiliation. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, uh, having your social class just laid bare. In front of a, a popular kid, was that the school. was that the popular blonde haired girl that was working the till? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering summer. if it just somebody sort of looked like her, but it was actually no, no. summer. Well, she must have not have been in a particularly. Well, she was in a higher echelon of uh, social class, but not socioeconomic class. No, but enough that that shit. You know, if you're if you're Napoleon, would just well, it was Idaho, so not exactly yeah, a lot of Idaho, a lot of money people floating around. That's true. It's not, uh, yeah, not not uh, you know Beverly Hills by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's that scene. Um, <clears throat> oh, I'm trying to think of another one. Um, oh, we get the tots get kicked. That's great. It's a fucking awesome scene. I don't know why. I mean, it's it's just it's so ridiculous. It's just like he he has the in, in cargo pants and like a really weird uh, chintzy dime store cargo pant that he's wearing, and he stuffs all those tater tots into his pocket for eating later, which is just disgusting. Like you can imagine, right? We just get the grease. A, well, it's like it's gonna be cold that cold shitty grease that they put in tater tots right and mixed with lint from your pocket yeah and all the grease just kind of seeping into your leg that would just be that would be that would be disgusting and then that weirdo (laughs) napoleon give me some of your tots he's like no yeah that was one of the that was the guy that really menaced napoleon oh he was yeah he was at several times and he's the guy that menaced the other little nerdy kid with the right. bike when the Cholos came in after he got the protection right. of Pedro. Right, right. I do like, I, I love the Cholo stuff. Oh, the Cholos were great. Yeah. Well, they're believable Cholos, too. Like, you know, like, have this weird sort of uh, small town, you know, uh, kind. You believe, like, you believe that they were there. I don't know why. You know, I bet you if you were, if you were in those rural communities, there'd be. There'd well, be there's, there's like usually that. a bit of a, a Mexican American population. Out in the rural areas, because uh, they're traditionally uh, farm workers. Right, right, right. Yeah. So if you yeah. go to Eastern Washington, there's usually some pretty good. You can get some pretty good Mexican food and stuff there. Oh yeah, that's usually where it's the best. Mexican food in Seattle is fucking awful. There's only a few places that are decent. Um, and I, I can't. I, I, I could go on about Mexican food in Seattle, but it's uh, a poverty 
of good food here. I don't know if and, I've had good. I mean, Mexican down there. There was that place near your house, which I didn't think it was particularly good. No, There's a that's just couple a fam- places like a in Everett, which, which I think are, are pretty are pretty good for. One's a pretty good Americanized Mexican, and uh, another yeah, one sort of Mex. healthy uh, uh, Mexican, which is pretty good too. The Mexican restaurants in Seattle, I go into them, and they're staffed by white people, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you know. And, When's the um, last time you've been to a Chinese American restaurant? Um, I used to love. Actually, I used to love them as a kid, but I just can't bring myself to go to them. Anymore. I just I'm too suspect of them. For the quality of their food. I don't know what it is. I think I'm getting uh, racist or something. You're racist? It's, well, the, we do takeout a lot. Oh, do you? You find you had a good, yeah. you have a good place? The rickshaw? There's a few. Uh, no, no, order from rickshaw. the rickshaw? <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in a place that was sort of, uh, uh, you know, I guess kind of mid-tier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in there to get to get takeout, pick up takeout. And for whatever reason, they made the mistake of kind of putting the whole kitchen in eye shot of the the, the, the front counter mm-hmm. so you could just see everything <clears throat> there's a guy there uh stirring up chow mein you know mm-hmm. with one of the big tongs and he was kind of tapping it and the fucker fell off and hit the floor you know with those greasy floors with the, mm-hmm. with the kind of the rubber mats on it and he did it like a quick you know look around and then he picked that fucker back up and started stirring again you know? <laughs> and that happens probably hundreds of times a day in a chinese american cook kitchen so uh, yeah, uh, the the Pedro's family—that was uh, the Cholos. The, the, they were definitely a, a, a fun part of the film, I think. Especially when he has to go pick up uh, what's her name at the, for prom. Uh, Trisha, what a ter- yeah, what Trisha. a great '90s name, Trisha. Trisha. Oh, and and the weird thing is, is you felt total empathy for Trisha mm-hmm. during that whole uh, ordeal with uh, Napoleon asking her out. You know. You're like, oh, God, don't make her go out with fucking Napoleon. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. He's such a, oh, God. Yeah, that poor girl, even though she was a just, you know, your standard sort of stupid high school girl, you still sort right. of felt for her that she had a, but then she just, she just, let, she just, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do? Abandon Napoleon at yeah, the fucking prom. Like he's this fine. He can individual. figure it out. He's going to go take a big, he's going to dip into his big leg chew and he'll deal with it. Yeah. He's a, you know, he's his own man. He doesn't need somebody he's, to tell him he's good. He knows he's he's his own person. Have I mean, you seen Trisha? Because when you're not socialized, well, you sort of have to. You can only really depend on yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, and and uh, 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 an uncanny constitution on Napoleon's mm-hmm. part. <laughs> but you know, we can talk about Napoleon all we want. But the thing is, there's a lot of great bits in this movie. Yeah, let's so talk about the bits. I want to hit. I want to hit some bits. Okay, First let's off. Do it. Um, a character that I loved in Office Space, an, an actor that you don't see enough of. His name is uh, Diedrich Bader. He played Lawrence in uh, Office Space. Remember the guy said, watch out for your pooper. He was talking about jail. What would you do if you had a million dollars? Two ladies at the same time. Remember oh, that, that guy? guy. He, oh, he, yeah, he was Rex Guando. He played Rex. And uh, <laughs> I so I got, I got a couple of drops from Rex. Let's First, we see his commercial, which is absolutely hilarious. Here's a, here's a bit from that. I'm Rex, founder of the Rex Guando Self-Defense System. After one week with me and my dojo, you'll be prepared to defend yourself with the strength of a grizzly, the reflexes of a puma, and the wisdom of a man. And the wisdom of a man. Oh, my God. 
That just See, that just fucking kills me. I mean, this that I can't believe that guy's done two bits that just floor me every time I see. Oh him yeah, the movies. Lawrence and the Rex bit. It's too bad. I really got to go find him and see where. And they're such a awesome caricatures. <laughs> you know the uh, uh, over the top Chuck Norris act. You know, and you and you sort of get the feeling that he, that he he doesn't know a bunch. You know, he's, oh, he's, he's oh, not yeah, very yeah. skilled. He's, oh, two seasons of fighting in the octagon, right, and right. and also he gives he gives uh, Napoleon a great zinger, which says, you know, when you get that, take, you, you know, you got to take responsibility for your personal appearance. You can't dress like this fairy over here. He points. Out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, anybody gonna mess with me? Who wants a roundhouse kick when I'm wearing pants like these? And then like oh, uh, the big, yeah. And then oh, this is God. this one of his final lines, which just floors me. Here it is. Do you think anybody thinks I'm a failure because I go home to Starlight Night? Forget about was, it. Forget about it. Was that a chick or a dude? I, That's I, a chick. I She's a famous uh, female bodybuilder. Oh, she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, is that a transgendered individual? Like, no, I couldn't. No, it's just a okay. a female. I mean, I think it's I think it's somebody who's taking some. You know, I don't know how it is a female bit. bodybuilder these bit. days, yeah. but I'm sure it's somebody who's Something. juiced a bit. A little bit. So you yeah. get sort of secondary uh, uh, masculine sex characteristics, but um, I thought I just love it. I'd go home to Starlight every night, and there's a picture of that masculine woman. That just cracks uh, me up. And then you see Rex later. He's he's driving like a, a, a like a like a brat. Oh yeah, uh, what was that? Is is a Subaru? Yeah, it's uh, a Subaru brat. He's yeah, going home and he, he finds uh, he finds uh, Uncle Rico uh, Rico Uncle there Rico. trying to sell breast enhancers. Uh, I think <laughs> that cracks me up. Besides Napoleon, I think one of my favorite characters is Kip. I, I, mm. I, I, <laughs> I think it's because Kip's so fucking believable. I I, I don't know, like why exactly but he's like a 30 something year old living with grandma and you never figure out what happens to napoleon's parents mm-hmm. they're just out of the picture which is kind of the charm of the film it, it doesn't it just doesn't bother explaining it and uh um it just kind of has this sort of awkward family mm-hmm. yeah uh, the only the only sibling around is rico and he's sort of a loser yeah but kip uh you know uh <laughs> He's uh, it's weird because uh, online dating, I think, back in the day was uh, uh, what would be the a lot more stigmatizing than it than it is now, and uh, you know, headlong into it and talking about. Well, I've been chatting with chicks for three hours today. What have you been doing, Napoleon? <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> or babes? Yeah. Oh, chat babes. Can you imagine having to chat with? chat up people for three hours a day on a, oh God. like a bbs <laughs> in the 90s oh my god that yeah. would just be terrible yeah, yeah he's he's got i mean the 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 affect that the actor produces is just so awesome like here, here's a little bit of his dialogue oh let go of me i think you're bruising my neck meat <laughs> you're bruising, in my neck meat bruising my neck neck meat one of the favorite bits is when he's uh doing the tupperware spiel and he has Uncle Rico's van. <laughs> backs over that fucker, and it just explodes. He goes, "Dude, it!" And he just pulls away. I mean, I love the sales bits. Like uh, uh, when Rico is doing the sales for the the one couple, the married couple, and he pulls out that tiny boat. Oh yeah, and the goes, and the I wife whispers that. under her breath, "I want that." Yeah, I, I, I use that line all the time when somebody when you see a like a just a stupid piece of shit 
that people are selling <laughs> for too much money, like some like eagle dragging an American flag made out of porcelain oh, yeah. or something. I go, right. I want that. <laughs> right. It's probably like my uh, redneck, uh, some extended redneck family that won the lottery, and uh, um, she just bought out the the Franklin Mint, you know. But... <laughs> <clears throat> so I went over to their house. They had mm-hmm. this big uh, to-do. I was like, oh, we're going over to the, you know, Frank and Fern's house for their big to-do. I was like, oh, the, the lottery winners? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I was like, I don't know, I'm fucking there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I go over there, and they just built this ugly-ass sort of river rock log cabin quasi-mansion mm-hmm. and just filled it full of fucking Franklin mint. It is the most ugliest shit. You're sitting there, and there's like... Uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe bullshit next to one of those, you know, crystal dragons. The, the uh, ones that just, have like the it's little... just amazing what people can spend their money on. Absolutely mind boggling. And and none of it's worth anything because it's no. just it's 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 all brand new shit. Some you know, fucking bottom feeder is gonna buy it out of a a uh, storage locker in about forty years, oh, right? And- yeah, and 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 on top of that, then my great uncle Frank, who uh, rest his soul, uh, is gone now. But went and like bought a taxidermy shop out. It looked like so you go into this, and there's this all this random fucking animals on the wall, and then you go, Jesus Christ, did he kill all this shit? He's like, No, he just bought out a taxidermy shop. I'm like, oh, Christ. And then you look down, and there's all these shitty glass cases full of Franklin Mint garbage mm-hmm. that you would uh, sell for pennies on the dollar in an estate sale. You know, like, what the fuck were they thinking? Is this how rednecks spend their lottery winnings? Well, I mean, I think it's just some people just, they never really transcend, transcend commercialism. Plus, you know, look, if I had a ton of money, you know, well, no, what would I do? Oh, that's right. Hookers and blow. I forgot about that. Mark would be dead in about a month. <laughs> I would be dead no. pretty quick. Uh, no, but just... I wouldn't be buying Franklin Mint stuff, at least. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, talking about rednecks, oh, there is an awesome redneck. In this movie, oh, Lyle. that old guy. What's the, his name? Lyle. I really love Lyle. him. Here's a little bit of his dialogue. Did it remind you of living in rural Snohomish County? All here it is. Over there, that creek, man, I found a couple of shops on the arrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> Over there in that pig pen, I found a couple of Shoshone arrowheads. This viewing, I actually, I said, I'm going to listen to what Lyle actually says here because I never paid attention before. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's like he's he's found some Shoshone arrowheads. <laughs> Over now, big pan. He, also he says, reminds nothing works smooth anymore when he's talking. He's, <laughs> he's using that one gun to oh. kill that animal early on. He's the guy uh, who provides the meat to the uh, dynamite uh, dynamite house. Oh, he, that's because that remember guy. the grandma says, "I'm getting Lyle to bring us over some steaks. We're getting low." And then, uh, which I think is why uh, Lyle shoots that cow. He's going to butcher oh, it. Because you remember how it used to be out in Snohomish County? Oh, My yeah. parents did yeah. that. I mean, you'd we'd you'd like buy just a ha- a cow. We like would buy a half yep. a cow and just we throw did it that. in the freezer. Yeah, but, I mean, it probably yeah. made a lot of sense if you ate a lot of meat. Yeah, I knew like three uh, slaughter and butchering families in Snohomish. Mm-hmm. Like the Marzoffs were the famous, you know, butchers and slaughterers, and then they got in trouble because it came out that they were butchering like dead cows or some shit oh, i can't uh, believe that what yeah a little dodgy somebody cutting yeah. corners out in the county <laughs> i know uh lyle is great because he reminded me and this movie took place in idaho which is where my grandparents were from uh like lyle would be a friend of my grandfather 
Like a total, you know, he'd be one of these guys that, that they never really said much to each other, but they'd go have coffee once a week, you know, at the cafe and just, you know, say a sentence here and there mm-hmm. to each other. And that would be like, you know, their close friendship. Uh, but he has that twang, like that rural twang, and it's not a regional thing. It's just what happens for some reason. And he's so uh, inaudible. <laughs> I was, I remember I was uh, working the rental yard, another rental yard story. You know, I was the guy that's dressed in all wool in 80 degree weather. Oh my God. It was 95 degrees out. And he had his, I don't know, his nephew or some younger gent who acted as interpreter. And it was this old fucker. I mean, just, you know, so old, like they're hunched and bow-legged, whatever age that happens at. And uh, uh, he was in one of these, like, polyester dickies and one of these uh, fucking mechanics outfits. Yeah, they never were out. And uh, he had that fucker on. It was like 95 degrees, long sleeve. And then poking up around his collar was a fucking turtleneck. I shit you not. And he comes up to me and he's like, he sounded like a broken banjo. He said, "It was just what I was like. What the fuck?" What? And you know, it was like I was hot and tired, and I just like, "What the fuck is that guy saying?" And I just looked at you know his interpreter, and it's like, "Yeah, we want to get a chainsaw." I'm like, okay, all right, but yeah, he went on like that forever. I just I, maybe I tuned him out because he was just so inaudible. Mm-hmm. But he was like an old fucker, <coughs> and maybe they just stopped caring. Maybe they're just like, I'm just going to speak my weird twang, and uh, you, you younger whippersnappers can fuck off. Or that's not. the great. That's the only benefit to getting older. Stop and giving a shit. Oh man, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I was great. I, I love that. Like, there's just showing arrowheads. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of another one of my other favorite parts of this movie is the. The, Napoleon decides to get a job to show Uncle Rico <laughs> that he can make some money. Here's a little interaction from the early part of this. By noon, I need them 8,000 hens moved into their new cages. Sometimes they don't want to cooperate. But you give them a good shake and that'll settle down for you. Do the chickens have large talons? Do they have what? Large talons. I don't understand the words you just said. <laughs> I love the, the I love that I love that and that, it's very realistic you know the life of uh you know like working out it's it's rural work you know agricultural work it's shitty work it's tough oh, and God. you make no money at oh yeah 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 and then you get but you get fed lunch oh that lunch <laughs> cracked me up boiled eggs I think this is this people drink this uh OJ and eggs raw eggs and is that like, like a like a, is that like a funky orange Julius is well, that what that is? I think, I think it is. You know, I mean, that's what I remember getting Orange Julius and Baldwin. They would just crack a raw egg in there. And then it, it would was froth awesome. it. Yeah. It would froth it, it up. Yeah, it'd give it a right. little bit of a meringue texture, which I, th- I thought was really neat. Uh, I mean, it really tastes good. I, I mean, it sounds disgusting, but uh, as long as you're healthy, it looked you're just probably fucking unlikely. awful when they were doing it. You know, he's just cracking eggs into that goddamn bell jar. You know, yeah, full of OJ. A pickle jar. Yeah, yeah it might have been like, tang or something. No, I think <laughs> it's because it's sugar. It's like an, it's like a total meal, right? It's protein right. and sugar and, and hydration all in one. And uh, Napoleon drinks it and nearly barfs. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where that Shoshone quote comes from. That just, yeah. I, I love, and it's such a short little bit, too. 
It's really funny. And it looks just so fucking hot, and the oh, fucking chickens are pecking him. It the just... force. He's actually doing it, too. He's actually throwing chickens in there. <laughs> and then, he's, oh. then he sniffs his finger. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he probably <laughs> got chicken shit on it. It is an awesome acting job by Heater. Yeah, you know, uh, he obviously we've seen like Heater and and uh, uh, Blades of was it Glory, Blades of Glory, yeah. which was a good movie. I, I enjoyed Blades of Glory quite mm-hmm. a bit, and uh, um, but he's a normal dude. I mean, he's not you know he's not this character by any stretch. But I don't know how he 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 got into the role. He must have known somebody who acted like Napoleon. Uh, he does. He has these affectations, though. These frustrated sort of. Uh, you know that 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 sigh, that frustration. Yeah, I, sigh. I just wonder how he got to that character. I mean, where did who? How that character get created? It's really, it's really fascinating. It'd be an interesting story, like how they work workshop this character out. It must have been. I mean, I'm guessing a lot of the expectations must have been in the heads of because it was written by this this. Wife, yeah, and his wife, whatever her name is. It was the husband and wife wrote the screenplay together. I mean, it would have been really interesting to see how much direction Heater needed or how much he was created the character himself. Well, and he looks stoned. Like, the Napoleon character just looks stoned, even though he's not. He just has this, uh, I don't know how to explain, you know, this this sort of... uh, it's a great look because it's like a, you would run into a kid like that, you know. You'd be like, what, what the fuck's his deal? Hmm. You know, but he's just like, <sighs> he just has this sort of uh, simmering contempt that, you know, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain Napoleon. He's, he's one of the greatest characters, film characters in comedy, I think. I can't think of a better one. Uh, I just love Napoleon Dynamite. Hmm. We can do. Is there any other bits that uh, you can uh, see here? Um, the whole Lafonda stuff. We didn't even talk about oh, her. Oh, that's great. And, and Kip's transformation. Yeah. And once he finally Kip's transformation, finds something he just, to hang on to. He just goes urban <laughs> and uh, like like it just fits him like a glove. That's huh? hilarious. Huh? It's huh? like the do rag. Talking about getting prime rib. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, the odd couple, but one that you would actually believe. I don't know. I don't know why I would believe it, but I would, you know. So. Mm-hmm. No, I, th- I thought I thought it was I thought it was rather cute. Well, then, uh, if there's nothing else going on, let's go see what Ebra had to say about it. All right. Ebert reviewed napoleon dynamite back on june 18th of 2004 giving it a poor review of one and a half stars so let's just get right into it uh ebert i'm not sure a little confused on this one but let's 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 just go with it uh there is a kind of studied stupidity that sometimes passes as humor ebert says and jared hess's uh napoleon dynamite pushes it about as far as it can go he says this movie is uh about a character and his steady progress towards complete social unacceptability, which I think is a weird way to term. Uh, I guess. I, I mean, mean I would... it's, he doesn't really descend. He has no social skills. That's the yeah. character. He's just sort of, I mean, he's surely he's an exaggeration of a socially inept teenager. But I don't think he's that far off the mark. And I think that's why no. maybe you and I liked him quite a bit. I'm surprised Ebert didn't 
didn't see himself in characters. And I found Ebert rarely is able to see himself in film. He sees other people more. Well, uh, we've talked. We've, he, I think he, we've come across this before, where he can't. He doesn't seem to be able to look into his own heart. Maybe he sees other people well and understands them, but I don't think he necessarily understands himself. Well, it's weird. He, he says, uh, "I think you're right there," but he also says, "Like it's a hero. Its hero is the kind of nerd other nerds avoid." Well, what's this nerd stereotype? Yeah, nerd again is the wrong term. <laughs> yeah, he's totally. a dork, I, and dorks I, avoid he, dorks. Dorks are lone sure. wolves. They're lone beta wolves. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't. Uh, they don't collect because they have contempt for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, they've they, been burned they, they, by everybody. It's so. not that they have contempt; they can't interact with people. They don't have the necessary yeah, skills to interact. That's um, true. And then he goes, "We laugh at comedies like this for two reasons." And then he gives three reasons: because we feel superior to the characters, or because we pity the characters, or because we like the characters. Uh, and then he says he doesn't really want to pity a character or feel superior to him. And I guess he's unable to like him, which he says. So I guess he's he's pretty much can't laugh. I don't at know him. why he doesn't like him. He I, says I, I, I certainly don't like him. But then the movie makes no attempts to make him likable. Yeah, he's socially inept. That makes him unlikable. That's part of being socially inept. You can't present yourself in a likable way. That's his very but, character. But he has a... Uh, he, you're watching him out of interest of watching what Napoleon does. I, I don't know if that's likable. I mean, I guess any hero mm. of a film, it has to be likable to a certain extent. I mean, uh, I, I, I guess in a sense, I mean, I like him because I see aspects of myself in him. Maybe well, I see, see aspects anything. of him and other people I've met in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, can I guess relate to that experience? So it, it is strange. I don't, I don't, I don't know why Ebert. I, I think maybe he's just put off by the character, by his social ineptness. It's just too much for Ebert to deal with. He can't why get over his. He just can't get over his dislike. I mean, his uh, sort of. I mean, the, the character's sort of abhorrent in a certain social aspect. And maybe that is just too much but of it, a, a nasty flavor in Ebert's mouth. I guess, but it's it's not like he's a uh, serial killer. You know, yeah, he's, he's just, just a, a dork. Just a dork. I, I yeah, I don't I, know I, why would you hate him so much. Um, I mean, I, I like I, really I like understand it. Well, I like Napoleon for the reasons I kind of like nerdy people and not Dorky people. Not not for from a social aspect. Not like somebody I want to go have a drink with and have a conversation with. But sort of this, uh, uh, like, I'm going to enjoy this thing, whether it's, you know, ninja swords or, uh, you know, shitty pants or regardless of what society thinks about it. I'm just going to, this is what I, this is what I like right now. I like, I like unicorns and Pegasus, even though uh, all the jocks would call me a fag for liking it and whatever. Just, just but admit, I'm just going to like it. Just admit you're a brony, Matt. Let's get I could it. be. I am be a brony boy. Talk about a false subculture there. What a bunch of shit! Don't get me started. Those people are terrible people. That's, it's, it's, I it's, crap. For them. it's not. It's fake. It's totally fake. I don't believe it. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so as Eber often does when the movie does he doesn't like he he laments the directions the movie could have gone in. Like he wished. I wish I saw more of this granny and her dude buggy accident. He spends. His, he spends a paragraph on that. Uh, talking about some old trauma field called rabid grannies. So he's, he's sad they didn't follow grandma more. Or, you know, I always had the feeling she was a lesbian. Yeah, I, I guess too. she's, I think she might've been. Well, they said uh, something about her boyfriend. Yeah, but I think it might've been a girlfriend. Okay. Um, 
And then he talks about uh, Rico as a door-to-door salesman. It's unbelievable because there wasn't really door-to-door salesman didn't really exist so much in 2004. So he found that unbelievable, which turned him off to the Rico character. <laughs> That's stupid. Uh, he did say, watching Napoleon Dynamite, I was reminded of Welcome to the Dollhouse, which I think would be a good film to do. Yeah, we haven't done any, what's that guy's name? Salons? Salons? I don't know. I He's got a couple name. of hard movies to watch. And Welcome to Dollhouse maybe is one of the more accessible ones of his. Right. Uh, and he, he finishes off with, I'm told the movie was greeted at Sundance with lots of laughter, but then Sundance audiences are concerned with being cool and to sit through a film in a depressed silence would not be cool. However, urgently it might've been appropriate. Wow. Wow. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, I don't know. He really got, he must've just hated the character. Look, it happens to me sometimes if I, if I cannot find anything that resonates with me with the character. I, I have a hard time liking the movie and uh, whether it's a fault of the movie or a fault of Ebert, I think he just could not get into the movie. He just couldn't, he couldn't get, you know, Is he couldn't let he the film into himself. He just hated, can... he hated Napoleon so much that he hated the film as a result. That's well, I, the only thing I can think of is that the, uh, that there was nobody in this movie that he that reminded him of anybody he ever met his high school experience there wasn't anybody in here that he could relate to at all i guess and, and, i guess not and and for me exactly the opposite i i knew people like this in my high school uh in my experience in little bits and pieces i just have a hard time that this chubby guy who's a writer didn't have a bunch of people like this that he knew was was he like the was he i mean even as i said i watched this with a jock and he even liked the movie because it gave him an interesting glimpse into the dorks that he had never paid much attention to well uh, uh, and so friend, what, i mean uh, i don't understand what world was ebert homeschooled i mean i don't understand i don't know well my friend gabe loves napoleon dynamite and uh he grew up in in urban new orleans uh-huh you know going to uh i guess what we would call uh you know inner city schools mm. and uh Oof, you know, pretty rough said, there in new orleans i would guess well <laughs> and he said i love napoleon dynamite because it gave me an excellent window into what it was like to go to go to a rural podunk you know 100 percent white school mm-hmm. you know it, it gave him uh kind of a, a feeling for it mm-hmm. and i was like yeah it's it's a lot like that i mean i our high school was was similar you know, yeah, uh, I mean, certainly, yeah, Napoleon's an exaggeration. So were all the other main characters, but I think it, it largely rings true. Even if it's, if it's it's just it's just like a it's sort of a brightened image of reality. So I, it's just weird. He has such contempt for Napoleon. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a it's a innocent film. Uh, it was made by you know uh, a guy who went to BYU and was in LDS and. You know, is an LDS. I mean, it's it's. A, Are you it's, saying the Mormons they, love this movie because it's yeah, clean Mormons and funny? Dig Napo- well, because it's clean. Yeah. You know, and the, and the words that Napoleon uses, like "you're a decroted piece of crap." <laughs> Whatever. I can see. Yeah. I can see the. I can see the. Uh, yeah. Uh, His the insults Mormons are. Yeah. Is, 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 you come and get your your dinner, Tina. You fat lard. I mean, it's just. <laughs> Bodaget. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. just the uh, you know the Mormons are very creative with their swear word substitutions, and I think flipping even gets used in this film. 
which is the, uh, uh, I guess, the de facto substitute for, for fucking in, in Mormonism. You say flipping. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like fracking in uh, the new Battlestar Galactica series. Uh, so it's clean. It's a clean film. And, uh, you know, all the, I guess, the elements of romance are clean. It's just, it's very innocent, the film. Except for maybe the bullying violence that is depicted that, you know, is, is I think, treated with the same gravitas that I treated it with in high school. That so, everybody else around me treated something it with Something be endured and nothing else. Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to get dipshits beating up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be like pulling knives on you and threatening you, you know, with, with, with guns. But what was that one time I gonna... brought a knife to junior high, if you remember that story? No. Oh, I think, <laughs> what had, I think. You turn back to episode 52. Okay, well, I, 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 we won't repeat it here, but, uh, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I just don't remember violence ever getting that serious. In, in, in junior high or high school. And definitely not to the point where, you know, it would be elevated to a conversation uh, amongst uh, the, the student body. No, I was going to be a blast when you see it from a parent's standpoint in a few, <coughs> in a decade or so. I, well, and I have girls, so I, it, it's going to be a, a, a different window that I'm, I, I'm not going to be familiar with. I just mm. assume girls don't beat up on each other, but I'm sure I'll be proven wrong, you know. Probably. I, I remember once, it was in junior high, and these two heavy metal chicks uh, were going at it in the, in, the, in the fucking hallway. And it's the first time I'd seen dudes beating up on each other in junior high, but I had never seen girls fight. And I, it, was, it, was, <clears throat> it, was, it was fucking like brutal shit, man. Uh, tufts of hair being ripped out. Um, you know, blood from mm. nails it was oh it was horrible uh and these girls and they wanted to kill each other mm. you know <clears throat> dudes are sort of like beaten up you know kind of blunt fists until the one guy just gets tired and says fuck off you know or whatever uh, it, there's sort of a kind of a submission type of thing uh but this was just a uh you know aquanet hair and leather f- flurry of just violence it, it was crazy hmm. yeah yeah and that was in junior high too bad so. you didn't have your smartphone with you man you could have caught it on a video get oh, some views man. on youtube no i think i remembered it better <laughs> so yeah i would have been pretty disappointing if you actually could yeah, view yeah. it again right. uh okay so i think that's pretty much napoleon dynamite uh, it pretty much is All right. uh, it's so, one of my favorite um, comedies but. yeah no i think i think it's it's got a lot of nice it's got a lot of nice bits to it, and it's. I think it's a great. It might be a good family film, even. Uh, it's it's pretty innocent. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would say about it. It's probably the most innocent comedy that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, God, it's got it's got a light and a lot of nice stuff for it. It's weird that I haven't watched any of this guy's other movies like Nacho Libre. Oh yeah, I, I watched Gentleman Broncos, and I, yeah, it was it? not as good. Uh, it was uh, uh, uneven. At best, and uh, the characters weren't, I guess, as as uh, you didn't bond to them as well. It wasn't sort of a universal experience like high school. Hmm. It was all right though. It was watchable, and it's Sam uh, Sam Rockwell. That's interesting. Yeah. There's another <clears throat> movie that he did called Don Verdeen, starring Sam Rockwell, that came oh, out this year. Okay. And okay. he's got another one called Masterminds, which looks like they're 
trying to make it like maybe a uh, a blockbuster. It's got some power. It's got Wig. Oh, really? Owen Wilson, uh, Jason Jesus. Sudeikis, and okay. uh, oh god, who is that? Uh, who else is in there? Uh, 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 um, what is that guy's name? Oh, uh, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I, it's coming uh, out late this year, so I think okay. it might be. They might be going for like a late year comedy thing. Looks, it looks right. like maybe there's some money behind it. So maybe he'll have another hit on his hands. Maybe I'll actually see something else he's done. The, speaking of Kristen Wiig, though, uh, next week I'm going to continue my broad comedies. And this is sort of a wild card before I go to my um, my penultimate, my ultimate films, which are already set in stone. Uh, this is 2010's uh, SNL skit turned into a movie, which usually means disaster. And it might be. I remember watching it, and I may or may not. No, I'm, I'm going to say not, because uh, my my next film is, is one of those. Oh, really? So, yeah. um, so that is McGruber, starring Will Forte I like and Kristen Wiig and Val Kilmer. I remember really being amused when i saw it on like cable or something a while ago so uh okay uh we're gonna do that one and uh, let's see if uh see if i remember val kilmer's performance being as funny as it was all right okay so uh, mcgroomers are next film and uh, until then well what's there to eat oh, get off napoleon make yourself a dang quesadilla <laughs> <laughs>